All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to our X4 track investigative review with John Wilson. To put some context around what I'm going to be talking about and what we're going to discuss, well, first, let's bring on John. Hi, John. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Awesome. So for those of you who don't know John, he's been you know with us for a while. He was a trader long before he met me. He's been on Tasty Trade, been a successful trader of the month, and you do, I mean, you trade a lot of accounts as well, right? So Yeah. No, thanks, John. Yeah, it's just great to be here. I'm, for those who uh, don't know me, I'm, I'm the layman trader. I, John's the mechanic. I just kind of drive the car. I'm not, uh, <laughs> he knows a lot more than I do, but uh, well, I appreciate okay. you letting me be on this. Oh, that's awesome! But you do a lot of research and you have a lot of great insights. So I think oh, uh, I think people have a lot of le- lot to learn from it. And I love how you how you worked with the program. But uh, let's get going here. And uh, just to put some context around what John and I are going to be discussing, I'm going to give a quick overview of the X4 training program, and then I'm going to bring John back on, and he can discuss his thoughts on the program and how he's utilizing the information in his trading. And then we'll wrap things up by letting you know the options we have uh, to get involved with the program should you choose to do so. Now, a bit of a warning. Our conversations with John can kind of lead to a lot of different places. It's not rehearsed. And John is a bit unpredictable, as am I sometimes. So there's no telling what may happen. Uh, Regardless, it should be a good time, lots of great information. And feel free to ask questions as we go along, and I'll answer them as we have time and as they're relevant to the content we're actually talking about. So let's just quickly go over our disclaimer material here, let you know that presentation is for educational purposes only. We're not broker-dealers or financial advisors. We're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial. Make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. And note that unless we state otherwise, we're using hypothetical computer-simulated performance results and or trades in the presentation. They are believed to be as accurately presented as possible. However, Anything hypothetical can vary significantly from live, and just be aware of that for many, many reasons. So moving forward, a bit about the X4. The X4 is a, it's a complete multi-phase SPX options training program that we've been developing in our Premium Plus membership at Locking Your Success as, a, as what we call a live track, and we've been doing it for about 14 months or so. Uh, and we do you know, one class at a time, essentially. As of right now, we are not quite done with the program. We have probably about three classes left. In other words, we're going to, have to do the classes until we've got all the information out there. But we've got probably about three left. And we were not going to release the program until it was done. But we've had just a ton of interest in it, especially with the, the recent market situation. So, you know, Sherry and I and some of the other team members here, we decided to talk and, and make it available to people now as a purchase, and then you'll just get the three classes as they as they come out going forward. There are trades in the program. You know, some of my programs include what we call trades. Some of them do not. There are trades in this program. It includes three high probability trades on, on the SPX designed to take advantage of different market environments. We got a trade called a V14, which is going to be a neutral trade. We have a V17, which is a low volatility trade. It's slightly bullish. We have something called the V22, which is essentially designed for very high volatility markets. They're all great trades, but one thing you need to keep in mind is that anybody can show you a trade, right? And regardless of what the trade is, that trade is going to do well in some environments. It's going to do crappy in other environments. And also need to keep in mind that any positive Theta options trade is going to carry a substantial amount of risk, no matter what anybody tells you about it. That's just simply reality. It's the reality of our type of trading. But there are trades that do well most of the time. And these X4 trades on the SPX are examples of those types of trades. But speaking of trades, trades can be a great tool. They can be great tools. But they need to be used properly, just like any tool. And you know, as you travel along your path to creating wealth and success, you know, realize that finding a trade that seems to do well, you know, just because you come in, you find a trade, and, and you've been trading a while, and it seems to, like it's doing well, that does not make you a trader. Any more than tracing a picture makes you an artist. You know, you might be able to reproduce a pretty picture by tracing something, but, you know, what happens when things change and that technique doesn't work anymore? What's your confidence level that you're going to be able to produce great results when things don't go as planned and you find out you're on your own. And if all you have 
was blind faith in a trade, it's not going to be very good. You're going to have trouble adapting. You know, a lot of people I train, they trade a lot of different strategies. You know, I don't care if you trade one of my strategies, you're trading some other strategy, it doesn't matter to me. I'm always looking to produce great traders. And the common factor that determines whether a trader is successful or not has nothing to do with the trade. Yeah, you can be successful short term with a trade, but their long term success really has nothing to do with the trade. And that brings us to the you know, the difference between a person who trades and a trader. You know, anyone can be a person who trades. A person who trades is someone who jumps from trade to trade hoping things work out. And anyone can do well for a while with a trade for a period of time, right? And in doing so, when they do that, when you just kind of blindly follow a trader, you're just following a trade, traders often develop false confidence when things start going well. They think they've cracked the code. They think they've figured it out. But what happens eventually is you're is things turn out of favor for that particular trade, that particular rule set, that particular setup. And, and it happens to all of them. For the person who trades, they're going to feel the fear and devastation of having their confidence. It's just crushed, right? The confidence is going to get crushed because they really never knew. They really understood what was going on in the first place. You know, they, they had this false sense that they had the holy grail trade. They got it figured out. Everything's fine. But all of a sudden, bam, it's not. And it's a surprise to them. And, you know, as a result, they go frantically reaching for something new, nervously hoping that whatever this new thing is is going to save them from the new environment. That's what most people do. They come in here, the people who trade, and they typically lose the game long term. You know, when I thought about developing this program, I want a lot more than that for you. I want much more than that for you. I want you to become a long-term successful trader who may trade a trade, a trade right? Successful traders... They, a lot of them will trade a trade. That's perfectly fine. But a real trader is not going to blindly trade the trade like following a, sheep off a, you know, following a sheep off a cliff, right? Instead, the true trader trades with a full understanding of when and why his trade is working. He's aware of what's going on around him. He knows what his risks are. And he has the ability to identify when conditions change. And when they do change, as they always will, even if that change results in a temporary losing period, he knows how to confidently adapt to those changes by maybe bringing in another trade, maybe adapting what he's had, but, but doing something different to match whatever environment's out there because he's a skilled trader. And that's what the X4 program is all about. It's about becoming a skilled trader. Now, what is the X4? Well, it has trades that are designed for the SPX, and as most of you know who've been following me for a while, most of the stuff we've done in the past, at least publicly, and we've traded SPX for many years with you know, one-on-one clients and so forth, but at least publicly most of the stuff has been on the Russell. So uh, I've had a lot of big traders kind of recently with uh, concerns about liquidity and so forth, which realistically, unless you're over $5 million, it shouldn't even be a concern in the Russell, but uh, they have the concerns nonetheless. And they're asking me to do some, come up with something publicly for the SPX. So fine, we did that. So we designed this with the SPX to uh, address the liquidity concerns of uh, our larger traders. We also decided to utilize the less expensive option that explore analytical software. Now, if you're doing any kind of trades and you're relying on T plus zero lines or uh, Greeks projections on your T plus zero line or anything like that, software packages are different, okay? They're going to produce different lines. Different lines mean different decisions, means different results. So, you know, whatever you're trading, you should really go for at least starting out with a software that it was developed for. And uh, if you're going to do a different analytical software, you have to thoroughly backtest over long periods of time and see what the differences are in that. So this was an Option Net Explorer project. The X4 trade structures are sometimes hedged against the downside. You know, people ask about downside hedges. I don't necessarily believe so much in that. But these trades do. They, they do provide some downside hedges, especially in the SPX because it moves so much more than the Russell. That's a little bit more important. Plus, your volatility uh, shift in the SPX tends to be drastically more than the Russell when things go bad. So uh, it does make a little bit more sense in the SPX. This program also discusses the challenges and variations in backtesting results. 
like a lot of people don't back test properly, and even when they do, they they're not taking alternate alternate outcomes into consideration. In other words, you know, maybe they'll be in a position and they'll have a win in that position, or they'll say, well, I would have got out at, you know, this price, and if you continue to trade the position, then it, it resulted in a bigger than maximum loss um, result in the trade. And realistically, anytime you're at a decision point or a point which isn't crystal clear on which way to go, then you could have made an alternate decision. And that alternate decision sets off a series of events which creates a different result when things go poorly. And you need to keep or be aware of what all those other results might be if you want to truly understand what your live trading results, your real-world trading results, are going to be with that particular system. It really uh, is something that you that you need to bring into your back testing if you want to have any idea of that. You know, a lot of the a lot of the back tests I see, they're biased back tests. They are uh, always advantage towards the trader, and they produce completely false expectations on what a system's going to do. So you need to to keep that in mind. Uh, but anyway, we discussed those challenges there. We discussed modeling and execution challenges. X four has four phases. Right, four is for the four phases of the X4. Uh, we have a beginner phase, and a beginner phase is just the trades. Right, we have three rule-based trades, and they're market-neutral, broken-wing butterfly-style trades designed for different market environments. So, you know, a lot of these, and you can say a broken-wing butterfly is a broken-wing butterfly is a broken-wing butterfly. But the adjustment procedure you use and the entry procedure you use is going to determine whether that particular style is going to do well when the market's completely neutral or if it's going to do best when the market's a little bit bullish or it's going to do best when the market's a little bit bearish. And uh, we have different adjustment parameters using different metrics to do that. So we're trying to teach you all the different types of reasons you might want to or the different metrics you might want to use to adjust butterflies and when to do it. And with these two trades, a person who trades could take any one of these strategies and do very well over time. But that's not the point of the program. A trade is a trade is a trade and if you're if if you're if you're trying to become a trader over a person who trades, you need to start realizing it's not about the trade. It's about the other aspects of becoming a trader. So the X4 uh, trades were designed in a manner where a trader can make his own assessment about the general market conditions, which we discuss in X4 phases two and three, and then choose the X4 trade trade combination or rotate between the trades or adapt the strategies in a way that best fits the environment. So that brings us, uh, well, let's just take a look quickly at the types of trades that are within the system so that you get an idea. We have what's called a, v, a V14. V simply stands for version. I came in with SPX broken wing butterflies. Now, you know from all the way back from 2007, I had SPX broken wing butterfly trades if you've been with me that long. But as it relates to the program, I ran through about 36 different versions of trades, broken wing butterfly style trades, to create something that was pretty much completely neutral, something that was bullish yet worked most of the time even in, in you know these uh, adverse market conditions and something that handles high volatility very well. And version 14 ended up being the neutral position. I call it the jack-of-all-trades trades. Realistically, you could put this trade on any time. And yeah, it might win, it might lose, but generally it's it wins most of the time. It's got an extremely high win rate. It's got the highest long-term win rate of all of the positions. It has the lowest average drawdowns, has minimal management. In other words, we're not talking about something that is you know adjusted every every day or every five minutes or whatever. It's basically there's you put this trade on. There might be uh, you know there are rollbacks which I'm not necessarily overly fond of, but there are rollbacks. But other than the rollbacks, the upside adjustments is essentially one of them. And, and that's it, right? It's trade over. It's, so it has pretty minimal management. It's resistant to losses and up-down reversals very well. Of the three trades, it's got the lowest return on plant capital, right? Uh, which you need to expect that. Trades that are completely neutral uh, are generally going to have a little bit lower returns on something that is a bit directional. Then we have something I call a V17, which is a 17th version of trades that I ran through. 
and this is uh, what I call a slightly bullish position. It's essentially does extremely well in low implied volatility, uh, which is most of the time. Most of the time, your implied volatility is low. Most of the time, the market's going up, and we don't have these really hard down moves. If you take any period of, you know, 10-year period, most of the time is spent in that. Uh, so it makes sense to be in this type of a position. Uh, so this is a, a slightly bullish SPX broken butterfly trade that's virtually impossible to lose in sustained up moves. If you have an up move, the trade's going to win. If you have a down move and an up whipsaw, I don't think I've tested it. I've tested it and it lost in those conditions either unless I ran out of time. And we run out of time because the trades are exited from a time frame, not from expiration. So, but other than that, it would be extremely rare to lose in that case. It's got an extremely high win rate. It's almost the same as the version 14. It historically has winning streaks of up to three years, but when it loses, it loses in groups of two to four trades. It has a significantly higher long-term yield than the version 14. You know, it returns almost uh, well, at least 50% more, maybe double of what a 14 might do. It is slightly more management intensive. It's slightly lower long-term win rate than the version 14. And then we have something we call a, a V22, which is a neutral trade, but it's geared slightly bearish. And it does excellent in very high implied volatility. So a trade that does very well in very low volatility is going to have problems in in, in, a, in the opposing market environment. And this is the same way. It does very well in, in very high volatility, back and forth, choppy markets. It's much more active than the other trades. It will lose on a grind up. Usually not too badly, but but it can it, or it can lose, or it's more likely to lose on a grind up. It won't always lose on a grind up, but it's likely to lose on a grind up. It has the highest potential return on plant capital. You know, we have some most of the other trades. You know, we're pulling out at I think eleven or twelve percent of plant capital. Uh, these trades here, they might go twenty plus percent, sometimes thirty on a plant capital type of a thing. Uh, it has the highest long term. Results as far as returns on plant capital. It's extremely resilient in wide range market drop, and uh, it's going to be more management intensive than the other trade. It's also going to have the lowest win rate, but it has the highest returns. And you're going to find that a lot. I mean, a lot of traders we we see they're they're just very very concerned about losing, and being that concerned about losing creates a situation where when you does when you do lose, a lot of times it's devastating because they're huge. But it, it also reduces just very low returns over you know periods of time, from month to month, month returns. So I like this type of trade because it, it gives me the you know chances to make some some pretty high returns. So those are the the, the trades. In phase one, what we do is we dive deep into those trades. We show the back tests. We explain the back testing procedures. We discuss gray areas and adjustment points, like I was saying before, and we explore all of this, all our decisions and our potential outcomes of those decisions. We discuss long-term results as well as the comparative strengths and weaknesses of the base trades. We call these V trades the base trades or the, or the core part of the mechanics of the system here. Then we go into intermediate. As far as I'm concerned, somebody who just follows a trade is just a beginner trader. I don't care if you've been doing it for 14 years, and I don't care how many systems you've done. Basically, if your stance is, I'm going to completely ignore everything and just stick a trade on and hope it works, to me, you're a beginner. I mean, that's just that's just my assessment of that. So if you want to start becoming a real trader, you need to really start understanding your position, understanding the market you're trading, and understand why things work. So it's about understanding your position, understanding asset price movement, understanding implied volatility movement, understanding your analytical model and how it reacts to those things. And so we go have sections like why income trading works, what implied volatility is, why it matters, how it reacts. We talk about techniques on implied, predicting implied volatility changes. We do go deeply into technical analysis. Uh, we also talk about how technical analysis and news affects implied volatility, how implied volatility affects the accuracy of analytical software predictions, and the effect all these factors have on your probability and risk of actually winning a trade. A 90% probability trade is not always a 90% probability trade, depending on what the market's doing. And if you're aware of that, you can, you can increase your probabilities. Okay. And then we have phase three. When we, when we talk about adding subjectivity to the trading. So once you understand the market, once you understand applied volatility and how it affects your positions, we start looking at adding subjectivity to your trading. We uh, talk about understanding how to adapt positions based on what we learned about technical analysis and applied volatility and so forth in the earlier phase. 
We talk about rotating between or adapting strategies based on existing conditions. And we also have sections on trade execution and market timing, how to price things, when to enter, when to when's the best time to exit. We talk about entry, exit, and adjustment timing. And that's pretty much how far we've already done in the program. What's left to do in the program is, and our next class is actually going to be on the benefits and dangers of both traditional and alternative hedging structures. There's a lot of misunderstanding out there about how safe an amount-of-the-money put is or some of the other alternative stuffs out there. So we're going to be talking about that, or safe or reliable, they might or might not be, and you know, what their risks are. And then we get to get into uh, section four, which is getting real, where we're going to start having candid discussions about real-life trading and applying what we've learned and how to be successful long-term. I call it dealing with life, life being an acronym of losing information overload, fucking up, and execution challenges. All things that we really deal with that have a psychological effect on us as traders and really affect our results, right, and what we do as we go for trading. So that is a general overview of the program. I know that took a little while. It took like 15 minutes. But uh, I think it's important just so you understand what the program's about and, uh, and where to go from there. So I'm just going to talk to John. We'll bring John on. Hey, John. Hey, John. Oh, there we go. John and John. I just, that life John. section, you handle 13 year old girls. She just, my daughter turned 13 and the hormones are kicking in. So <laughs> we, we just went through that not long ago. We have two daughters, 21 and 18. And uh, <laughs> you get it. We, we get it completely. That's right. <laughs> and we feel sorry for you. It, well, and I look forward to that uh, discussion there because we need some help. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> it's definitely, fun. definitely. Yeah. So John's been in the pro. I mean, he's been following the track program, which we could talk about that later. But you know, and he's been, he's, he's done, and I appreciate he's done just a ton, a ton of, ton of research. And, and he was telling me about it. And I said, you know what, John, we got to share this with everybody. And I was just going to make it part of the class itself. But I said, hey, you know, why don't we just do something public and and just give people an idea of what it's all about? Okay. No, thanks, John. I appreciate you letting me do this. And of course, I got to at least share this. For those who are new, <laughs> this is John Locke. Before and after, this is the, uh, I guess, maybe five or six years ago. He has the tie on. And look at him now in Hawaii. See, he's more laid back. It's uh, He lost the tie and well, a little bit of hair. But, no, it, it looks good. <laughs> I like it. I, 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 yeah, you I'm didn't with the money shorts. I want to see the money shorts. Yeah, that's right. That's my picture with the money shorts. That, that's really laid back. Well, I can't show everything, right? I can't show everything. <laughs> I like the money story. And for those who are new, you're like, what are you What are you talking about? No, we have a good time too, right? In the, uh, we certainly community. do. We certainly yeah. do. I, I had these money shorts for, what was that? That was in Boston, right? Ultimate Income Trader. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's, but that was fun. We, so we, it, it, yeah, John and Sherry, they take care of us. They're entertaining. And uh, no, we have a, a good time. So if you are new, I, consider yourself lucky to be listening to this. I, I have to admit, I mean, that I stumbled in at the John Locks. I was at a, a Tasty Trade seminar. Uh, I guess with TD and the guy next to me mentioned your name. So it's, it's oh, funny how we all kind of, I guess, end up in these communities, but uh, I consider myself lucky. So I do appreciate it, Sherry and John. So, um, yeah, I like, I wanted to show those pictures because that's some old programs. <laughs> yeah. You know, back, back then you know, I was not used to presenting at all and, and it was a big deal, you know, but now it's just like, uh, it's old hat. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, this is great. How many, I mean, seriously, how many Monday morning webinars have you done? What's the count now? Six, 670 almost, I think. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So this is great. And yeah, uh, I appreciate you, John. Let me come on and talk about this program. And I, it's like, how many programs do you have? And it's just, we all go through them, but this one really kind of hit home. And I'm going to show those who are, you know, kind of under the hood, so to speak. But before I talk about that, I was just like, okay, who am I? Because I consider myself an M3 trader, like a lot of people listening. You know, you know, trading on the Russell, trade the M3, kind of the go-to strategy. And here I am kind of moving over, incorporating the X4 series with my M3. So, yeah, I, I just I think it's kind of a good idea. Like, what, who's John Wilson? What, he loves the M3. No overlap, more aggressive, gets in, you know, 42, 35 days, gets out at 7. Yeah, you, you were a convert over from Tasty Trade because I think you were just tired. <laughs> yeah, I, did. 
mean, tra- yeah, trading a hundred <laughs> underlying. So come on, it's not too bad. <laughs> you told me you were pulling off like seventy trades a day. I was like, what are you? Yeah, it was, it was. Uh, I trade some, I'll trade often. I, I think I drank the Kool Aid. I, uh, it was, it's, uh, it's tough. My, my hair became a little grayer. I, I love Tasty Trade. They're great for laying the foundation. But if you want to move yeah. to the next level, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah so. All good but stuff. you're right. It was a lot more. But I felt uh, sorry for you, man. <laughs> hey, you're, you know, you're a good marriage counselor. You saved my marriage because now I have time. <laughs> Any way we can, right? That's right. See, <laughs> the law community does it all. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I deviated from a, I was trading naked strangles and straddles in the SPX mainly. And after trading all these different underlines, naked strangles and straddles and over, you know, you name it, from IBM to Tesla, to now just doing the M3, and I knew about the M3 since 2012. I just traded it really small, and I couldn't believe people could get larger in it. And then I just when you see the light, you see the light. But so how does this incorporate with the Russell? Because I, I was trading, I have to admit, like for the last nine months, another broken wing butterfly in SPX, but I found this trade just be more of a fit. I mean – Every trade, you know, it has to fit your personality, fit your account size, your time, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, right. I can't figure out how you have enough time, John. You and Sherry are always busy, but uh, here well, are some. I'm doing 75 of... trades a day. <laughs> You're right, right, exactly. But, and, these, and these are mine. This isn't John Locke's findings. I just want to kind of share my side of it. If you're an, if you're an M3 trader, you might want to take a look at this. I, I just This is what I found. It's a little diversification. You have another underlying. It's uh, not 70, but it's two now. Uh, and time, overlapping. I was, I was against overlapping, I'll admit. I was, I'm not a big overlapper. But now as, I'm... As am I, by the way. I'm not very right, much right. in favor of that. But yeah. overlapping one or two trades is fine. But you start getting like eight or ten, it's, it's problematic. It gets a little... Yeah, it gets a little... It's, it's, on paper, it looks great for the diversification. But it took a while. For, I actually back-tested the X4 series in, uh, without overlapping. And... The, the returns weren't better. So I, I, I don't know how you right. figured out how to overlap. What, it, it works out well. You're just buying a lot of puts in some of them. You know, you're trying to fix that uh, delta. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that's another conversation. But, yeah, just the whole point of this, this column I'm showing you is uh, there's a lot of positives. I will say, you know, there's nothing always positive. I and mean, I found the P&L is a little lower than my aggressive style. Um, yep. It's taken me many years to kind of get to this point. So, but – this is great. I didn't put it in here. If you're having trouble with your process, and I think you and Dave were talking about that on Wednesday, two days ago, in your coaching session. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dave mentioned Dave Thomas. He mentioned process, like he's process over profits, which is you. You always talk about that, but you and Dave uh, were talking about the idea of some traders have tr- trouble, especially recently, with the whole process of you know, following the plan. And it's tough. It's in this changing environment. So I, I found that this X4 series has helped me on this process. So, so it might help so a lot of other folks out there. Follow? Yeah, it's easier to follow. I mean, uh, I have my style. I feel comfortable with this, but sometimes, you know, it's just, uh, it hasn't been, I mean, M3, I had my, I hit my first max loss ever. I never had a max loss in M3 ever, ever. And I hit it on uh, February 5th. So, right. That, that was an extreme volatility change in the that, market. So. Right, right. And this is a great trade. I still trade this. So I, I, I'm just saying it's a little diversification, but that yeah, that was an extreme. This in this trade I had on was up up money. So actually, I had the, the V14 and the V22 on, so they were up. So that was kind of nice to, and it helped. It helps to have a little diversity. But yeah, I wanted to share that. And those are new. You hear version 14, 17, 22. I just I'm going to leave this section open so you can see. John mentioned it before. You're like, what what is he talking about? Because it, it is a little confusing if you're new. You're like, okay. And John, did I understand correctly? You've had over thirty-six versions. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. We ran through thirty-six versions to determine what was the, wow. the best best fit. What we were trying to do with the program. So it was a lot of trading. <laughs> wow. No, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's like the. I mean, that that's that's impressive. I guess I was love to know twenty-three, twenty-four. I guess the different versions, but no, these are well, the best. you know, it's one thing to take just a broken wing butterfly and just kind of ram, randomly throw stuff at it and you know, just change the way you're trading as things go along in your backtesting. I mean, anybody, but you can do that, especially with the knowledge of what happened previously in the market. Right. But to take a, to take a rule set that you trade the same way every single time and run it through, you know, I don't know, what was it? Um, six years 
of and just trade it the exact same way every time in every different kind of market environment and pushing through the bad periods uh, and stuff like that is you know that's a that's a whole different animal when you're trying to do that because you know a lot of people will back trade a little bit subjectively and then they'll try and rule based trade um, through the market and they'll get different results and they wonder why right so it's that's just, okay. Yeah, it just, it just took a lot of, you know, I just basically did all those, and I took the I took the ones that responded best in each environment, and we brought those into the program. Well, that's great. I mean, we should we should call you Frankenstein. I mean, you're about you're down in your basement and uh, whipping, right. up, whipping up formulas or something, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, it, it's uh, but when you love this game, and that's the thing, a lot of people are, oh, you're a trader. Once you have it down, you're ready, and you sit in the hammock. No, we're always playing devil's advocate, right, with ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, so, and that's one thing is I found in this program, it's smooth. It's quite smooth. So I'm going to move on. I call this what's <laughs> in play. I was like, you know, there's sometimes when one index is a little bit more favorable. Like in 2014, the rut did really well from a market neutral standpoint. Um, right. Right. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, right? Because they 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 generally track the same thing, but they but they're they're a little bit different. Right. Right. Um, it, yeah. I, I, said, I mean, I just kind of like generic, like but sixteen. We know the SPX did much better, but I, I wasn't even trading the SPX in two thousand sixteen. I missed that whole opportunity. So that's why I liked this. I can incorporate it, and it, it, this is again my you know, just kind of plain fourteen rut was great. Sixteen SPX was great. Okay. And I want to dance. You want to contango? I mean, I, I just said, okay, 13 and 14 in, in general, right? They're contango. And then 15, 16, it had some months in contango. But in general, that was kind of a backwardation period. So keep right. that, keep those colors in mind as we move through that. I'm going to show the next. Well, it's funny. It's 2016. This is, this is an interesting thing that I noticed back testing. I mean, in 2016, it was hard to find an SPX broken wing butterfly trade that lost. Right. Right. But I found one. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> oh, oh, in your in your thirty some odd thirty six. Right. right, right. Actually, it was. It was actually, I think it was one of. It didn't lose, but it didn't do well for the most part. Like two thousand sixteen, if you're in broken wing butterflies, in the SPX was like one of the best years you you would have ever experienced. I mean, right, right. That's and, uh, and, this, and this is going through, like I said, a period from you know two thousand ten to present that was just clearly just a fantastic year for that but in the same token there were certain structures you could use that would lose and 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 would not lose but not do well and one of these structures is is one of the x4 trades it doesn't do doesn't do particularly well in 2016 but it does well very well in some of the other environments when the other trades tended to do poorly okay okay and that was the idea you finally honed it down to those three okay right it balances stuff off nicely right sure I want to share your. This is in the. This is in the program. I call it. Yeah, you know, JL's backtesting data. So this is John Locke. I just kind of. I wanted to, you know, fine tune it. But I, you see the yellow contango. I mean, obviously this wasn't like. Look at 2016 had some. Assuming the whole year was you know just like this. I want to have when it's in yellow. I want to be trading version 17. When it, when it's in green or backwardish, I want to be trading. I mean, ideally, this would be great. It's, it, kind of a rear view mirror approach, but I just wanted to share this with the group. These are your numbers and look how the different trades react to the different environments. I thought that was interesting. I mean, version 22 kills it. it I mean, as you said, it's a chop for the choppy trade. It, look at those numbers. It's, it's impressive. So I, I, I took right. yours and I went down and said the worst rolling 12 months uh, here in this best rolling 12 months. And then the drawdown window kind of like uh you know, let's assume you started on the at the worst possible moment. How long did it take you to get back to above water and get right. your money back? Right. So I'm just okay. I mean, we're assuming you're just trading uh, one of these trades the entire time, right? That's uh, I mean, look at 2014. It's so right. We know it's that wasn't the right environment. So I just, that was not a good year, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> For that right. Not a good. Beats. <laughs> <Hey, pizza. laughs> Trust me, trading seventy trades uh, or seventy underlyings. This actually, that's sometimes that's a good time. I mean, four percent's not bad, <laughs> right? Right, <laughs> right. And uh, especially the commissions. But no, so it's good to have this kind of a foundation. I'm going to lay this out and close this screen and move on. So I said, all right, if we instead of just trading the version fourteen, version seventeen, twenty-two individually, what happens when we go fifty-fifty? 
and trade the 17 and 14 together. Uh, and then 17, 22, and then all three. Now, here are the results using the same uh, criteria. Worst rolling 12 months, best rolling 12, and the dur- drawdown duration window. And you see that that decreases, which is important. I like to look at that. That's important to me because I, I live trading. I mean, I don't want to have a long duration, a drawdown. Uh, this is my livelihood. Right. Right. And anyway, again, this is kind of the paint by numbers. You know, you're, you're okay. You're just, we're just going to trade it always 50, 50, you know, each one or all three. But right. if you're having a hard time with process, this might be the approach. I was just kind of throw that out there. Okay. Again, these are your numbers. These are your numbers. Those are my numbers, right? That, that, and that is yeah. an approach. So, just a, a couple of questions, John, if you have a second. Yeah. And well, someone's asking me to te- share my back-tested results for each of the X four trades. I think you just did that, so <laughs> so we're good with that. Uh, yeah. You know, how, in your opinion, right? I, I can put my own thing to this, but you're, in your opinion, how's the M twenty one program different from the X four? I look at the X four as my version of the M twenty one. I'm taking your X4 series, and I'm putting it in to my version. And to me, the M21 was more in the Russell, using the M3, the Bull, uh, the Rock. I mean, it's pretty much the Rock. If you know the Rock, you're going to do very well the M21. And I love the Rock trade. Matter of fact, I mean, it, it, I guess to improve my uh, portfolio results, I should in, I should incorporate that, but one step at a time, right? I'm sure I'll be doing something a year from now. You always got to take some some positive each of each little trading segment, like the M21. But John, I, I personally I call my X4 series the M21 for me because <laughs> uh, I have ideas when to enter and when not to enter these different. Right. So I, you know, to me, I would say the M21 is a so, very sorry for going on the long answer because I'm thinking this out. Well, that's fine. For, for, for me, the M21 is just a very Correct. aggressive. Correct. That's a good it's a, it's a very aggressive program, and it's highly uh, – we take, you know, technicals into consideration, you know, really – and we take a lot – in other words, put a lot, of, a lot of merit into what the technicals are. We don't really talk too much about volatility in M21, and the types of trades we're, do, you're, we're using are generally shorter term and much more aggressive. We're here – we're using the M21 concepts. <clears throat> we're doing the same technical analysis type of thing, but we're rather than being really aggressive with it, we're just mildly shifting things around. And we're also taking into account the implied volatility is a huge lesson since implied volatility here and, uh, and how that affects things. So <clears throat> we're taking all that into consideration here where we don't with the M21. And the reason we're, and we're again, we're making shifts that are much more mild. And because we are generally going to be very flat delta, in this program, volatility is important. Volatility is not very important. If you are, if you're taking on directional opinions and shifts, volatility is not, it really doesn't matter. I mean, if I take on a bearish direction and the market goes down and the volatility goes up, I don't care because it's going to make it anyway. But if I'm flat delta and you have that same situation, it's much more damaging to you. So here, this program, you know, really gets into to volatility to, to address that type of thing. I, I like your answer much better. <laughs> so, well said, John. No, it's true. And you, I, when you say you could probably make more with the M21, if, because you said it's more aggressive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. If you're good at M21 trading, I mean, you're, you'll do fantastic. I mean, that's basically, that's basically how I traded from $5,000 to where I am today. Right, right, right. Okay. Right. That's, that's what I did. And, I mean, I'm not going to do that in an X4 because it's just not that aggressive. Right, right. And, and look at the, in these columns, this, this, if you're doing two versions, 17s and 14s in the front month and back month, that's a lot of capital, right? So, Sure. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of yeah. capital, too, Yeah, on top of that. So that there's right. that. Definitely a big difference there in a whole feeling of the program. I think is a lot different. Yeah, and that's what the next point is. Like, okay, I don't want to trade. I was going to show now my back testing results. Is uh, I just started with thirteen to seventeen, and I was back testing it. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? Why don't you just trade? You know, let's say version seventeen and trade it out until you lose, and then switch over to version seventeen. I just looked at these two. Excuse me, 17. And to me, I think that is that is just such a simple approach, right? You go right. into the 17. Basically, if the volatility is low, the 17 pretty much will win for, for, I mean, you know, like I said, we've had streaks of three years, right? As long as the volatility is low and nothing crazy happens in the market, that's fine. But once things really break loose, if you make the assumption it's going to be really volatile for a while, you go into the 22. 
And then when that loses, that's usually not going to lose from volatility. It's going to lose because the market switched from high volatility to low volatility and the grind up killed it. So that's a good way to switch around, right? Yeah. And I mean, there's always a, there's always a pro and con. Just be sure you know the trades because if you keep making mistakes and then you have you have a loser and you switch over and then what's not the right environment. So I'm assuming, you know, if you, you follow the rules and you, and, uh, yeah, obviously you have to back test this quite a bit. You always emphasize that. And that's so true. But just to show, look at the win ratio because this is the right environment. And then it, you start to get a couple of losses because you're now you're switching over. Uh, and then now it's great for the 22. So I just, this, like John was saying, it's simple. That's about as, you know, this, again, it's very simple. It's, uh, but in the program, John teaches us how to be more, don't just follow the rules, so to speak, try to uh, assess the market. But keeping it simple, I just said, when the front month loses, it will switch over. Even though the back month might be in a 17 still, it'll stay there. I treat them separately in this uh, back testing. Right, and right. Look, yeah, look at the results. And, but there's, look at this down here. The great months for version 22, there's a lot of rolls. I consider it a roll when you had to it close is. the entire tent. It's and very active. It's very active. I mean, yeah, right. I, I like the Blue, Blues Brothers movie, but, yeah, it's rolling, rolling, rolling. So, yeah, yeah uh, it's very active. But that's what you need to do in a high volatility environment. That's, that's the way you control it. So. That's right. That's right. And let me, I mean, per, I've been trading this live. Let's see. I, all these numbers, people are asking, I mean, these are overlapping trades. This is after dividing by two. And oh, right, right. So if you did a trade for trade, you'd be at like 70 to 80 percent. Correct, things. correct. You can see right here, best 12-month period is, that's 160, if you divide, yeah, get to multiply by 160 two. percent divided by two, right. So yeah. if, you, you know, if you're doing an M3, for example, on the website trades, and we made 60 percent for the year, that doesn't, that's a trade for trade. It doesn't include overlapping. In this program, we made sure we put out all the overlapping numbers. So uh, for an M3, that would cut you down to 30 percent for the year if you were, if you were, if you had to have a hundred thousand dollars in to do two fifty thousand dollar trades, so you're taking right. that into account, right? Right, and, that, and that's important. That's important. So, but yeah, no, these are solid, and uh, you know, I, I, I am managing other family accounts and IRAs, and I was like, okay, uh, this is the last column I'm opening up over here. So, column three here, or co section three, is my back testing. I just went to John's and said, what happens if I go to the seventeen and fourteen and, and do the same thing? And I'll be honest, the results aren't as stellar, but you know, I, I, I would play devil's back advocate tested, myself. You back-tested it more profitably than I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I, I love this combination. I know you on Monday mornings you do the 17 uh, one month and the 14 the other. This is assuming until a loss. But this is a great – you can play with this as well. I mean, it is great for an IRA. I, I, I mean, look at that win rate. I, 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 I mean, you can't. We're getting really picky here. Oh, I averaged 30%. I mean, yeah, uh, but – you know, it's 15 and made 11. So I just, guys, I mean, these are, these are solid trades. I'm, I'm not getting, it's like John Wilson's like, I'm not getting anything for this. I just, I love to help others as John and Sherry are. Yeah. Yeah. As, as I mentioned, and John is, like I said, I saw the work that he did. And I said, this is a great, a great thing to do. Like, like I will alternate between the trades based on my volatility and technical situation. But as far as just saying, you know what, let's just make it simple. I said, this is, this is great. It's great. Yeah. No, thanks, John. And and again, uh, what I'm doing live now is this section. I'm doing the 17 and 22. But, you know, for those, I, I will say the 14 and 17 are probably, that's a, a little easier. This is because the 22 has an M3-ish in it, if you're not an M3 trader. Even if you are, you're going into O&E. So from a feel perspective, it is different. Wouldn't you agree, John? You start trading the M3 version into O&E. It's a little different than option view. Well, it is very different. It is very different. I mean, and if you want to, you know, take a look at what the trades look like, I mean, essentially the 17 and 14 look like a broken wing butterfly. That's what they are. And so it's just like a 60-40 broken wing butterfly, whereas a 22 is going to look like an M3. It's going to have a butterfly and with a call on it. The 17 and 14 can be done with as little as $7,000 capital because there's no, there's no extra call or anything, but the adjustment incrementability you know, requires 7000 in capital, where the 22 basically is 35000 Actually, the 14 is going to require 5000 minimum because it's, the 17 is going to be a minimum of uh, 7000 and the 22 is going to be like a $35,000 trade. So you want to be more experienced before you get into something like that anyway. Right, exactly. Yeah, because you had that call. It's hard to go smaller. I guess you can start using 
call spreads, but then you get a little more, that's getting more complicated. Right. That's, okay. Yep. So that's that quick question, John, for the other M3 traders out there who know the, you know, been trading the M3. Uh, this is the one question I had is why are you buying a call that's, uh, has such a high theta versus the M3 and the Russell for the, for the version 22? Well, again, it has to do with being in a high volatility environment. I don't want to deepen the money call in a high volatility environment because right. the market's moving around. I don't want the position to get hurt when the market goes down. Okay. okay. Right. Uh, yeah. And since I'm not trying, since I'm not trying to make the trade do well in a grinding up environment, right? Same with EM three was we take we, we take this set of rules and we try to make it fit everything. And in order to do well in a grinding up environment, which is, which is a lot of the time. It's beneficial to not have any time frame in the call because you've got to overcome that before the trade makes money. Right? It's just a drag down on a trade. So the version 22, you know, if, if, if I'm interested in you know, dealing with high volatility or if, if I'm interested in, in a situation where the market's moving around a lot, I don't want, necessarily want my call to be deep in the money because it's just, it's just taking on too, rich, too much risk for no reason. Because realistically, a symmetrical butterfly doesn't get hurt when the market goes down. I mean, unless you're just crazy people below it but correct correct and that's in the case in point i traded it live i entered february 2nd and february 5th the uh, 22 and 14 which i had on were up money and that's my m3 got maxed out obviously yeah the m3 got maxed out the 22 did fine the correct it did the 14 survived um (laughs) the 17 was up it was up (laughs) yeah the 17 i didn't have on no thank goodness yeah but yeah it would have it would have uh it would have, yeah, <laughs> gotten off the bus. But that's, and that's, that's the thing, right? Again, these trades, it goes, it goes back, you did, what, 36 of these, and you figured out uh, a nice set, a nice uh, quiver of trades. And I love this system, and that's why, I mean, John's like, why don't you want to, you know, help other traders out and kind of give them your feedback. And um, if you're looking for an alternative, going back to this, a little diversity. And, I mean, I, I like it. I, I, I sleep better at night now. Because I'm, I'm managing other accounts. Before, I was just doing my main account mainly in this. But I can't trade this aggressive style, which I've been doing for the last couple of years in these other accounts. So this has really helped me out in managing other family members. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. So I, I appreciate it, John. And I, the mad scientist, uh, <laughs> you keep us entertained. But, uh, no, be honest, you, you've, helped, you've helped a lot of us out. And I know there's, there's listeners, and they would agree. We we. We tip our hat, and we appreciate it, John, so much. So, oh, thank you, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad it's uh, it was a good system for you. So, and, I, and hopefully, this gives you a little bit of what it's about. Yeah, I'll just take the screen for a sec, and you know, just to get an idea of what things look like, right? So, this is our version 22 for this. This was entered on February 2nd, by the way. It's a $35,000 plan capital trade. It's up $6,300. Does very well in this type of environment. Uh, version 17 that was entered on the second didn't make it. Our version 14 that was entered on the second looks like that. So this is our June for the 14s. And I have a I have a 17 on just just get an idea what they look like. I have 17 on here that looks like this. And again, the the one that was entered for the May expiration on the second did not make it, but the one on certainly the one following that was fine. So that's essentially what they look like. Uh, as far as questions, we have you know for your contango backwardation comment was it in the SPX or the VIX? Um, I'm assuming you're talking about the SPX options, right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it just says, what's the reasoning behind testing so many variations? Seems to me that the approach would be susceptible to overfitting. I would make an argument that any time you come up with a strategy that was successful in the past, that you are form-fitting to the past market because that's what you have to do, right? You come in and you make adaptations, and the thing that's going to work is whatever's form-fitted to the previous market. I would say that's more susceptible to overfitting than me coming up with a random set of rules, running it through, and seeing how it turns out. Right, so I'm doing a different approach than what a lot of people do. A lot of people will take a broken wing butterfly or whatever, and they'll back test it, and then they'll see where it does bad, and then they'll tweak it, and they'll see where it does bad, which it essentially is form fitting to the market. Where, uh, you know, I just let the trades go. I, I I come up with a rule set, I run the test, 
if it loses 12, 14 months in a row, it loses 12, 14 months in a row. I'm not form-fitting it, and I just and I just run different rule sets. And these are the rule sets that came up that happened to do well in in the past. So to your comment, you, if you want to call that form-fitting, you can. I think it's less form-fitting than somebody who who just comes up with a strategy and then adapts it that one strategy to the market conditions. Are those, are those percentages off planned capital or off total portfolio? It would be a planned capital number, right? I'm assuming, John? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, that's, that's what mine were. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you don't advise using 100% of your capital. Well, Len, you're, you're talking about trading size there. So trading size is not – you shouldn't – trading size compared to your account doesn't really mean anything. It's trading size compared to your net worth. I mean, I don't have a problem using 100% of my capital in a trading account, as long as that trading account doesn't exceed a certain value of my net worth. Then, you know, if you're talking about, so I have no problem putting 100% of my trade, 100% of an account in this trade and making whatever percentage on the account. But you know, if you're looking at your total net worth, realistically, any kind of options trading like this where essentially you're risking losing everything because you are uh, you know whether you know what your t plus zero line looks like no matter what you think you're lo- you're risking losing basically what you have in the trade so in that case you know definitely not more than 20 percent of your net worth should be in this type of a cash flow adventure or it or let me put it this way if 20 percent or is if more than 20% is in this type of a thing, you're you start becoming increasingly at a higher higher risk of getting uh, wiped out. So, my recommendations generally, again, this is going to vary from person to person what your goals are and so forth. But if you're trading this type of strategy, I'm assuming you're kind of conservative. Like you know, I talked to Sherry a while about this before. You know, back when I started trading. We didn't have really a family. It was just her and I. We didn't have a lot of money. I went in. I was all in. I had you know, most of our net worth into some of these trades that were fairly risky, but they were very high yields, and we ended up doing very well. But at the same context, it was very risky. And if you're an entrepreneurial type of person, and that's what you like to do, and, and you're okay with the fact that, hey, if I lose this, I'm walking away with my empty pockets, I'm done. If you're willing to accept that, which is the kind of the mindset that we were in, then that's perfectly fine. But if you're somebody who's, you know, wincing and crying about losing five or ten or fifteen or thirty percent on, on a trade, then you shouldn't not be that large in your account. I mean, you, you, realistically, you should be twenty percent of your plan, plan capital at twenty percent of your max worth, uh, your net worth maximum. Okay, so that's just try, that's just being responsible. What happened to those trades in 2018? Again, we had some losing trades. We had some winning trades, trades that were open. Uh, you know, the version 22 had problems coming into 2018. So the tail end of 2017, the version 22 is terrible because it's not designed for that. We had a low implied volatility, a grind up with unfavorable volatility changes, and it did poorly. The 17 in that, same time frame did fantastic. I mean, one one every trade, right? Um, when we, by the time we hit February fifth, we were already out of our twenty two because it was lost due to the just the crazy up move that we had. The seventeen was one, but when February second, you lose your seventeens. You also you might also lose the fourteens that are open, depending on how adjusted up they are. Uh, normally, you won't lose a 14 on an up-down reversal, but it does happen occasionally. If you get something that severe, you might. That's open. But you know the trades that were freshly open right before the down move are perfectly fine, and pretty much all the trades since then have been fine. It was just that, just that one, that one big down move. Okay. Have I tried using uh, Option View opposed to one? It's a big difference. Yeah, Option View and ONE are a big difference. And uh, like I said, we've just developed these trades and we've been we've developed them on ONE and they should be traded on ONE. We have some traders trading them on option view, but the downside parameters are different. And you know, I would say if you're trading with option view, it's the same type of thing with an M3. With an M3, if you're trading with option view, you're trading as the system was designed. You go into ONE, ONE is different and it's a little less predictable on uh, the upside in particular. And that tends to be problematic for that in the Russell. 
where if you go over to the SPX trades, we developed these on O&E, and there's a difference between option view and O&E. And in extreme cases, it's going to be problematic. Like you can trade the M3 on O&E, say, 75% of the time and really no, have no difference in results because a lot of times it doesn't really matter whether you're you know right on the rules or not but if you get to the extreme cases where where you know you have these big moves it makes a huge difference on whether you're an option view or an O&E and if that you know extremes last for a period of time then it can make a huge difference it's the same thing here i developed this on O&E and if you go to option view if things are relatively normal or mild then the rules will work out fine, but you get into these extreme, if you get into these extreme environments, it makes a big difference. And I know option view, I am trading these on option view, and I, for example, the, the version 14 lost on option view when the market came down, and the 14 in O&E actually made money when the market came down. There was that much of a difference because there was, one was hedged and one wasn't because of the, uh, you know, just the, the parameters on the T plus zero line and the entry rules. So it is going to make a difference. When do you go back from a 22 to a 17? I think that's, uh, John, I think that's when the 22 loses, right? Yeah, and the, the back testing was, you know, the market shifts slowly. Like, you know, two years in Contango, and then it started to go into backwardation. So the logic was, hey, I don't know anything. Let's trade the trade that is that likes low volatility, and when that loses, I'm assuming the market is shifting. Uh, sometimes it goes back to you know it doesn't shift; it's like a little uh, fake out. Well, the back testing was very simple. Trade one if the market shifts over to that version 22 environment where it's favorable, then trade the 22. It's very black and white. So uh, right, I'm not trading you, lose, you will lose the transition month, right? You will lose the transition month. Correct. Right. It's just the way that it is. This way it is. Yep. 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 So, uh, all right. So, is max loss? Okay. So, when we talk about max loss for the people who don't uh, aren't here, version twenty-two, for example, if we go to the twenty-two, has a has what we call a maximum loss of it's uh, twenty-five hundred dollars. So, this is a twenty-five hundred dollar max loss trade, where max loss being defined as is the point at which we're going to exit the trade if it's down that much at the time of exit. So, you know, we check these once a day, and generally it's in towards the afternoon. If I come in along at three o'clock and I'm down twenty-five hundred dollars or more, then the trade's going to be exited. If I'm not, uh, I'm not. So, realistically, your max loss number is right down in this area here. And can you lose more than that? Yes, you can. Uh, you can use, lose two, three, four times that, uh, sometimes more, right, if, if certain things happen in exactly the wrong way. But historically, that hasn't happened. You know, sometimes we'll lose twice, or uh, I think even on the fifth, I think some trades may have gone three times max loss. But uh, that does happen from time to time. All that type of stuff is included within backtest results. So uh, they do recover over time. All right, so what percentage of investable funds would you say an experienced trader could commit to an X4 program? Like I said, I talked to this, that I generally don't want to see anybody with more than 20% of their net worth into trading. If you want to put all that into the into trading options strategies, if you want to put all that into an X4, then that's perfectly, that's fine, assuming your experience level is, uh, is up to par to do such a thing. If you're new, you know, I, I mean, trade as little as you can trade as little as you can until you get till you get good at it. All right, so that is all the questions. Just coming back to tell you about how, if you're interested in the program, how to go about that. Just a little bit, just a, a reminder here, phase one, so three rule-based trades, market neutral, broken wing butterfly style trades that are designed for different market environments. And you get the back testing results and all the information that we have revolving around the trades themselves. Phase two gets into price movement, implied volatility, technical analysis, and how all that affects your positions. It's a very, that in itself is a very good volatility course and a very good technical analysis course. And then, you know, once you have the tools to kind of judge what you think is going to happen, then you need to be able to add that subjectivity to your positions. And that's what phase three is all about, learning about that. And, and it also talks about applying what you've learned as far as that goes, talks about execution, 
uh, just a lot of information in there. And then phase four, when it, as we develop it, we're going to be just talking about life as a real trader with really large positions because you know, it's, a little, it's one thing to go in and backtest something or trade something small, something else when you're, you know, when this is your life and you're, you're dealing with this every single day. All right. So that's essentially the program there to get this right. Uh, we have a special pricing through May 7th. You can get the entire comprehensive, comprehensive training program. We have over 20 hours of instruction. We have hundreds of slides. We've got spreadsheets and all kinds of stuff and access to the last live classes of the system. And the regular price on that would be $29.95. We have discounts for our members as usual, $150 off basic members, which is free, right? Basic membership is free, $150 off. Premium members save $250 for $27.45, and then premium plus members get $500 off for $24.95. There is another way that you can get in here, and and that is to join our Premium Plus membership. So one of the things we do with our Premium Plus membership is we allow people one track class per month, and it's access to the class. It's not owning the class. If you buy the system here, you own the system. If you're accessing it for free through the Premium Plus membership, it's one class a month. It's not the whole program. It's one class a month, so it's going to take you like 16 months to go through the whole thing at one class a month, uh, and it's not permanent access, but it's a way to get coaching. It's a way to get all of our benefits of our Premium Plus membership and all the benefits of our Premium membership and have access to all the information here for as long as you are uh, you know, a member. And again, it accumulates one. I just want to be clear. It's one class a month. Uh, it accumulates one class a month. So that's a inexpensive way or essentially a free way to, to access the information if that's something you are interested in. And with that, that's about all we have. John, I would like to thank you for being on. It's, uh, it was a great help. It was great talking to you again. Hey, thanks, John and Sherry. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And thanks, Sherry. Yep. And, uh, and have a great uh, have a great week trading everybody and we'll uh, have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon.